Hello, America. I'm live from WDBO in Orlando, Florida. I've even got an audience with me today. Wow. I haven't done this in a while. It's kind of surreal. I look up and there are people, not just a closed door. Now, a, a programming note, and this is also for Jim, who I forgot to tell before we came on air. Um, I, we're probably going to go to commercial break at like 17 or 18 after because the former congresswoman from Hawaii, Tulsi Gabbard, is going to be joining me, and she can't get on until about 22 after the hour. She is in Georgia. She went to campaign for Blake Masters. She's now in Georgia campaigning for Herschel Walker. She will join me on the campaign trail, and then at 1.30 today, well, we have a candidate who the media says is problematic. He's actually going to be the next lieutenant governor in Georgia, friend of mine, Burt Jones. The media says he's an election denier. He's not, never has been. Uh, going to have him on to talk about his campaign. Why? Because um, if you smell something burnt in the air today, anywhere in the nation, that is the political careers of Charlie Chris, Beto O'Rourke, and Stacey Abrams. They are burnt toast. Uh, and what happened this morning in Georgia is sending shockwaves to the National Democratic Party. A man named Kwanzaa Hall, none of you nationally will know him, but if you're in Georgia, you will. He was a prominent Democrat in the Atlanta City Council, ran for lieutenant governor. He lost in the primary to Stacey Abrams' hand-picked candidate, who's a deeply flawed candidate, complete with DUIs. He's endorsed Brian Kemp and Burt Jones in Georgia today, and this is sending shockwaves to the National Democratic Party because they are looking at the collapse of Stacey Abrams and her grift operation, something they expected to have. So uh, we've, we've got him coming on. But right now, there's a story you're not hearing about if you're watching CNN, and you're not hearing about if you're watching MSNBC, ABC, CBS, or NBC. And you're not hearing about it in the New York Times or the Washington Post or USA Today. They're still talking about Paul Pelosi, who it turns out was attacked by a drug-addled illegal immigrant, and they're burying that part. Pat Harrigan is the Republican nominee for North Carolina's 14th Congressional District. His Democratic opponent filmed a commercial outside Pat Harrigan's home, which last night came under gunfire. Uh, it was actually, it's his parents' home, and his children, a three-year-old and a five-year-old, were in the house and were narrowly missed getting hit. Where is the national outrage? Now, here's the thing I said last night, but it actually hit the wires in North Carolina last night. It actually happened on October 19th before the Paul Pelosi attack. No arrests have been made. No one was injured. The Democrat, under pressure, has now pulled their advertising with Pat Harrigan's home in the background. We don't know who fired the shot. Where is the national media on this? Where is the national media? I say this because i got to go back and i got to play you this audio again, which I find hysterical. It actually is pretty funny. Uh, over on InfoWars Lite, also known as MSNBC, Michael Beschloss the historian had this to say. Well, he was absolutely candid and he was absolutely right because as you know, Chris, six nights from now, we could all be discussing violence all over this country. There are signs that that may happen, may God forbid, that uh, losers will be declared winners by fraudulent uh, election officers or secretary of state candidates or governors or state legislatures we could be six days away from losing our rule of law and losing a situation where we have elections that we all can rely on. You know, those are the foundation stones of a democracy. 
So if Biden had gone on the air tonight and said, biggest thing we have to worry about is, you know, marginal tax rate or something like that. Well, it is important. But what significant presidents do, I think you will agree, we both write history, you and I. 1860, Lincoln didn't say biggest issue is land grant colleges, although he felt strongly. He said the country can't survive half slave or half free. 1940, Franklin Roosevelt didn't say, you know, the biggest thing I'm worried about is farm policy. Uh, farm policy was important to him, but what he did say was never before since Jamestown and Plymouth Rock has America been in such danger. Mm. Joe Biden is saying the same thing tonight. And a historian 50 years from now, if historians are allowed to write in this country, and if there are still free publishing houses and a free press, which, which I'm not certain of, but if that is true, a historian will say what was at stake tonight and this week was the fact whether we will be a democracy in the future, whether our children will be arrested and conceivably killed, we're on the edge of a brutal authoritarian system, and it could be a week away. Okay, this is Alex Jones-level nonsense. Uh, the Republicans are lizard people who are going to eat your children. This, this is on MSNBC. If this were on Fox News, what would MSNBC be saying? This is absurd. This man is a historian who advised Joe Biden that Joe Biden needed to focus on the threat of democracy, not on the economy. Republicans should be giving this guy the Medal of, of Honor next week after they win because Joe Biden so listened to this moron. This is where they are. This is exactly what the Democrats are doing. They are convinced beyond a shadow of doubt that democracy dies next week because you people couldn't vote for the Democrats because you were more concerned with feeding your children than saving democracy. After all, you can abort those children in a democratic economy, and you can under those right-wing fascist Republicans. This is where the Democrats are. And by the way, I, I've got to tell you that part of me really does think, like, t let's just take Georgia for a minute, because Georgia's the prominent one. Republicans are doing the same in, in, in Pennsylvania, where the early voting trends aren't good for them right now. But Democrats nationally are looking at Herschel Walker in Georgia like, I can't believe we're losing to this guy. There is the sense of this. You get it in Florida as well, where Democrats are like, I can't believe we're losing to this punk, the governor of Florida. In Arizona, they're losing to Kerry Lake. They're like, I can't believe we're losing to this woman who's done nothing. Barack Obama attacked the woman as no experience other than sitting behind or in front of a TV camera, which is exactly how he got elected. And... They can't believe it. They don't understand it. They don't recognize it. How out of touch do you have to be? This gets me back to something I've said repeatedly that I think you just, you, you gotta, you really need to take to heart. The Democrats and the media have lived inside a bubble. If you take the private, or not the private train, but the first class Acela Express from New York to DC's high speed rail system, they're all in there together. I've sat in this train before. You see the reporters and you see the Democratic politicians going back and forth to New York and D.C. They're in a world apart from the rest of us. And it is in that world where everything about the Democrats and the media gets defined. It is in that world where they decide that inflation really isn't a problem. Republicans are. It's in that world where they don't have to pay the grocery bill because their media outlet or their congressional office paid for the Acela ride. 
It's in that world where they get out at Union Station or Penn Station and they climb into a private car that whisks them back to their town home or their office in D.C. and they don't relate to people. It's very much like the Soviets. In all honesty, and I'm not saying they are communists, although a lot of them have Marxist sensibilities, the problem is that the elite lose touch with the people. And we see this with this whole Great Reset crap, whenever the uh, Davos people meet, that, oh, we can get the entire world to eat bugs. No, the hell you can't. We vote. We will vote you out of office if you try to make us eat cockroaches. It's just true. It's why it's doomed to fail. And what happens? Instead of them having the humility to assess that maybe they were wrong, they have the arrogance to presume you are the Hicks and Rubes who are wrong, and if only we would listen to them. It's why they're trying to shut down Elon Musk and Twitter now. They've lost control of a platform that should be theirs to control us. They want control because they really do believe that it is the technocrats. See, what we on our side have missed all along is that their drive is not for socialism. Sure, they've got the nattery nabobs like, like um, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who apparently is so obsessed with Elon Musk, she must want to have his baby based on her own prior logic. Yes, they love socialism. The democratic elite in this country, you really do need to understand this, and, and don't doubt me on this one. I know I'm right. I know these people. They don't want socialism. They want technocrats. They get socialism through the technocrats, but what they really do believe is that you can't be trusted to make decisions for yourself. But if we leave everyone in the hands of the technocrats, they, they want this, this uh, platonic ideal of the elite get to decide how much money you get to spend, where you get to spend your money, what things can be made. Yes, to you and me, we say communism, but to them, it's the technocrats, it's the elite, it's the experts. If we only we allowed the experts to control things, it's what they want, it's how they shape our lives. It's why the Democrats look at our economy and look at fossil fuels and say, well, fossil fuels are wrong. If only we would listen to the experts and we can force everyone into battery-powered cars and give them a tax credit in order to do it. They don't understand that a middle-class person cannot not wait until April of next year for the tax credit to reimburse them for something the government forces them to buy today. You will go bankrupt between now and then. You can't go get your new heat pump today and wait for the government to give you a check sometime in June of next year if they assign those 87,000 IRS agents to actually handling out re reimbursements as opposed to audits. You can't make ends meet based on their ideals, but they live in the first-class car of the Acela Express. They have drivers. They go to private schools. Their mommy and daddy still subsidizes their existence. Or they've gamed the stock market through their inside information in Congress, and they become very wealthy. They are unattached to you. And the result is you are mad as hell, and on Tuesday you're going to the polls, and you're going to vote them out of office. And the day after, they're going to blame you. They will never acknowledge that they themselves caused their own heartache. Americans for Prosperity plays to win. That matters a lot to me. I know a lot of D.C.-based organizations that just want to pass paper around to other Beltway insiders or claim they speak for everyday Americans without ever having to leave Washington, D.C. Americans for Prosperity is different. They're not a think tank. They're grassroots do-tank. Americans for Prosperity is a one-of-a-kind, freedom-oriented, limited government advocacy and accountability organization that actually takes action to expand opportunity for all Americans and defend your freedom of speech. 
They're doing great work at all levels of government. What's their secret? Well, they don't really rely on Washington. They've built a network of concerned citizens who are stepping up for freedom in communities all around the country. If you want to learn more, if you want to find out how to get involved with Americans for Prosperity with a chapter near you, and I assure you, they have a chapter near you, check them out at americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. That's americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. Live from WDBO in Orlando, Florida today across the nation, I am Eric Erickson. It is my show and there is breaking news happening right now. Headline at CNN that is blowing up Twitter at this moment. Are you ready for it? This is from Maeve Reston. Republican momentum in Arizona deepens Democratic worries over Senate. And the top lead is Blake Masters. Suddenly is surging in the polls. The Libertarian has dropped out. This all comes after my next guest showed up in Arizona and endorsed Blake Masters. It's Congresswoman uh, Tulsi Gabbard joining me. How are you? Eric, I'm great. How are you? Well, first of all, congratulations for helping Blake Masters with the momentum in Arizona. You know, I, I full credit for it. <laughs> no, um, it, it's um, it, it's really good to see that people who people who care about this country, regardless of political party, are stepping up and saying, "Hey, we've got to fight for our freedom and we've got to fight for our future." And I'm glad to see that support for Blake Masters and others who are committed to upholding the Constitution across the country is growing. Well, and you're now in my neck of the woods. While I'm down in Florida, you're in Georgia with Herschel Walker. Why endorse there? This is one of those critical places where I hope to be able to make a difference. It is a very close race, and in these last final days of the election, for those who are undecided and trying to figure out, you know, who should I vote for uh, to help make sure that we're protecting our freedoms? Who should I vote for to make sure that you know, our parents have have rights to determine and have a say in what kind of education our kids are getting? You know, who, who will be the person to help reduce crime, secure our borders, and improve our economy? Hirsch Walker is the guy who is committed to doing that, he doesn't need to do this. He is stepping up as a call to serve because he cares about the people of Georgia, and I'm proud to be here to support him. Can you talk for just a moment, please, about your, I guess, a shift or evolution in politics, as some would say, over the last number of years, having left the Democratic Party? Uh, there's always been a, a libertarian bent that you've expressed. A lot of my friends who are libertarian have always adored you, and, and now here you are campaigning for Republicans, and it's made a lot of my friends very excited. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. You know, I, it, it makes me sad to say this, but... Democrats who are running for office right now are afraid. You know, the Democrat Party, I left the Democrat Party because it is a party that is now controlled by radical so-called woke ideologues who hate freedom. They're trying to undermine our our God-given rights and freedoms at every opportunity, seeking to silence anyone who dares to challenge or question their position or their agenda and dangerously are politicizing our public institutions in order to, to enforce that. You know, we see that, obviously, through the politicization of the FBI, uh, the Department of Justice, the, the Department of Homeland Security going after parents, you know, going to Board of Education things. Um, this is a very dangerous time, and I know there are other Democrats who are concerned about the same things that I am, but who are too afraid to speak up. I'm proud to have been over the last few weeks and will continue over the next few days to support candidates who are running for office, religiously speaking out against this craziness and this insanity 
and again, who are committed to the Constitution. Just so happens all these candidates are Republicans. Now, I want to go back to something you just said, and uh, and, and forgive me, your, your cell phone's broken up just a little bit, but I, I got what you were saying, and uh, there, you're, there are people in the Democratic Party who are scared to speak up. One of the things I've admired about you is, is your military background, and is just the profile had always been of someone of your stature with your military background, leaned more libertarian, had some skepticism of government, particularly so many of the soldiers who went overseas after 9-11, came back, and it, they love the country. They're true patriots. They sometimes now realize the government doesn't get things right. Um, but it's those of you with that background, it seems, Democrat or Republican, who are really the people who have been the bold ones to stand up when so many people really are scared to stand up and speak out about this stuff. Yeah, Eric, you know, I can't speak for my brothers and sisters in uniform or veterans, but I... I would imagine they can relate to experiences that I've had where I served in a medical unit in Iraq and I was, you know, we, we were all surrounded by the reality of every single day, losing some of our, our fellow servicemen and women in combat. And that makes you really understand what's most important. And it gives you the kind of strength coming back here to, to really value the preciousness of life and to want to make most of of how much time we have, I really see it as the best way that I can honor uh, my friends, my brothers and sisters who never made that trip home. And so when we, we stand up and we speak out about fighting for freedom and protecting all that we love and hold near and dear about this country, it comes from a very deeply personal place. And it's why, you know, I don't care how much they lie about me or the media says, they say mean things or there's attacks from the Democrat Party because they're throwing everything in the kitchen to get me. Uh, it's nothing compared to a mission, which is this, this great country, to protect our freedom and honor the lives of our men and women who have paid that ultimate price. Well, Congresswoman, they, you're getting applause here in the crowd uh, in Florida. I'm going to let you go there. Your, your your cell phone, I know you're out on the road campaigning for Herschel, and the cell phone connection is a little unstable, but I appreciate you so much stopping by for what you've done, and thank you for being in my state. I'm sorry I'm not there with you today. Uh, well, I look forward to meeting time there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Sorry about that, folks. She's literally on a bus uh, in Georgia somewhere, uh, and it, so the, the cell phone signal is somewhat unreliable, but she has literally gone around the country now endorsing these Republican candidates, uh, Herschel Walker in Georgia, Blake Masters, and now just to reiterate this story, at CNN today, Blake Masters is giving Democrats real heartburn at the end of it. Uh, now, let me just read to you a little more of this because the phrasing matters. Nowhere in the country has the struggle between election denialists and democracy defenders played out in more vivid detail than in Arizona, where Democratic Senator Mark Kelly's ability to hold off late momentum from Trump-backed GOP nominee Blake Masters will be a key to Democrat hopes of defending the Senate. Now running for a full six-year term, Kelly, a retired astronaut and husband of Gabby Giffords, entered the race in an enviable position. But the economic headwinds facing Democrats have complicated his political fortunes and then goes on to talk about how the polling shifts there are now giving them heartburn and Democrats are more and more thinking Kelly might lose. What's so interesting here 
is the opening, though, contrasting this is the election denialist versus the democracy defenders. Really? All of these people supporting Stacey Abrams who denied the election, you've got the White House press secretary denied the legitimacy of the election. Maybe it's time to move on to a narrative that might actually work as opposed to the one that's losing you everything. The holidays are the most exciting time of year, and if you want to enjoy them to the fullest, you need to get the best night's sleep every single night, particularly before your kids wake you up early during the holidays. My goodness gracious, it's easier than it sounds, though. You need the softest, most luxurious, organic cotton sheets from Bowling Branch. Their sheets are made from the finest 100% organic cotton threads on earth. They make a difference. You can truly feel night after night. Forget the script that they gave me to read. Y'all, let me just tell you, Bowling Branch, I sleep on their sheets, and they get softer every single time I wash them. They are so soft at this point. Like, they start out, and they're fine. They're good sheets. You can tell they've got a nice weight to them. They've got a good thread count. The quality of the fabric is, is very nice. But the more you wash them, the more you realize how good they are because they get softer, but they don't fray. That makes a real difference. I can tell you, I sleep on Bowling Branch sheets. I bought them myself even. They didn't send them to me as an advertiser. I actually bought them. We've been buying them for a while. They're towels and other things as well. But their signature sheets, they come wrapped and ready in a beautiful holiday gift box for you. Your gifts are going to look great. You can give these sheets to people you love. Bring home a better night's sleep this this holiday season with Bowling Branch Bedding. For a limited time, 20% off your first set of sheets and free shipping when you use promo code ERIC, E-R-I-C-K, at bowlandbranch.com. That's bowlandbranch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com. Promo code ERIC, bowlandbranch.com. Hello, America. How are you? It is Eric Erickson. I happen to be with a live studio audience at WDBO in Orlando, Florida. Listen to that. We've got them so trained, they clap on command. And listen, they stop on command as well. This is the sort of studio audience you want. Now, here's what I'm going to do. We've got folks on hold, and I want to take some of these phone calls. And then, my friends, oh, do I have news about this election you're going to want to hear. Jim, I'm going to go to you up first. Welcome to the show. Jim, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How about yourself? I'm great. What's going on? Well, uh, Mr. Biden was talking about uh, basically an authoritarian government that the Republicans are trying to uh, uh, foist on us, you can, uh, by extension, Donald Trump. Well, Donald Trump would have been the worst dictator in the world as his whole premise was decentralizing the government and uh, dispersing the, the powers of the government back to the states to 50 different entities. You, how can you be a dictator when you're dispersing authority? Those okay. are the ones that are projected. I'm glad you said that because this is something that makes no sense to me. If, if you've got to choose between two parties that want to be dictators, which is the one that you want? The one that wants to keep everything in Washington or the one that moved the Department of Agriculture to Kansas? I mean, if they're both like covet power, don't you want the one that wants to spread it out around the country as opposed to the one that wants to centralize it? That seems to make sense to me. By the way, speaking of the president's speech, I got to play this from Paul Begala on CNN. I think it helps. It helps. It's, it helps at the margins. Okay, it's not what the election is going to be about. I wish it were. Uh, but Scott's right. Jennings is right. But first off, just notice how much smarter Scott Jennings is than Joni Ernst. I'm sure she's plenty bright, but she's either dishonest or dumb. When she says, I know we're going to carry the Senate. Nobody knows anything. And it's a little bit of an insult to the voters. Um, I think what the president did last night 
is motivate a lot of Democratic base voters who I think quite rightly are worried about the existence of our democracy if these Trumpy election liars get in. And it creates a permission structure for a lot of sensible Republicans to say, well, yeah, I don't want that. I'm not happy with inflation. I'm not happy with crime. But gee whiz, I don't want to turn over. So you always want an issue that can unite your base and the swing voters. Now, again, it's not going to be outcome determinative, but I, I liked what he said. I loved the speech last night. I'm a, I'm a base Democrat. No, notice how he spun it. It's not going to be outcome determinative means it's not going to have an impact. It's off message. Now, here's the, the real reality of it. This is the problem for the Democrats. Biden did a, a second time, this time without the red whorehouse lighting, uh, without the Marines. He, he did it uh, with a soft blue background. He did it in front of a bunch of partisan Democrats. He didn't seem angry. It did look like he had a little more Botox, but he didn't seem angry. And he didn't talk about any issue that any voter in America right now who is undecided cares about. 70% of undecided voters in the last three weeks of the election have told Gallup and Pew and every other pollster in America, the good ones and the bad, they care about the economy and they care about inflation and they care about crime. The three things Joe Biden chose not to talk about. Now, if you are an undecided voter three weeks before the election, the president of the United States addresses you one week before the election and you are still undecided and you're worried about crime, jobs, the inflation, and you're thinking, man, maybe he will talk to me and give me something, anything to support him. And he says, well, you either support us or you support totalitarianism. It's not the compelling message for undecided independence. They literally wanted to give the man a chance to make a closing argument on their issues and he didn't and guess what this is the election news cook political index says late breaking voters the week before the election are now making up their minds five to one in favor of the republicans why because joe biden made his closing pitch about something they don't care about that matters greatly back to the phones we go clay you're going to be up next welcome to the eric erickson show clay how are you eric i'm great how about yourself good I just got a quick comment before my question. My mother-in-law and uh, her father have been longtime listeners to Rush Limbaugh, and they both tell me that you're the closest thing to Rush that they found yet. Oh, gosh. Yet. Well, thank you. I and appreciate my, uh, that. They, they say that my wife's a Rush baby, so if you've ever heard that term. Hey, look, I'm uh, a Rush baby. I'm one of the original yep. ones. I mean, now, keep in mind, now, I should clarify here, like, I mean, I wasn't conceived while my parents were listening to Rush. I should clarify that part. He wasn't on the radio then. But nonetheless, I digress. So we're, we're bringing up our kids as Eric babies. Well, thank you. Okay, that's a little bit creepy. We're going to have to come up with a better name. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate the sentiment. Yes, sir. So, so you mean a lot to our family. Uh, my question here is, here, if this red wave in 2022 comes to fruition, is that going to have any impact on the Republicans in 2024? Is the left going to be able to blame as we head into the recession? If the Republicans are in power, are they going to be able to use that as ammunition in 2024? Okay, uh, so I, I, you know what? I'm going to have to do this, and I, I didn't want to do this. I got an answer for you, Clay. Um, I, I got to play something. Uh, let me see if I can find this. This is spur of the moment. I apologize, but this is this is really worth it. Uh, it was Saturday Night Live did a video the other day, 
and it kind of now listen y'all got to understand and be be gracious with me because i'm playing this on the fly i at least hit the microphone so that you don't hear the l'oreal ad that's playing before the video but you this is how saturday night live started its show the other day and this tells you and me everything we need to know I'm gonna get some more popcorn. You want some? Sure. It's a couple at a house Sometimes watching a movie. A familiar face can be the most terrifying. In political news, President Biden has said he intends to run for re-election in 2024. You trusted him once. I know he's a little old, but he can still win. Right? He beat Trump. But can he beat DeSantis? I don't know. I don't know! Can you trust him again? He's 79 now. Elections in two years. So that means... When it feels like you have to right. 81. Gas prices are still kind of high. Even though it kind of is. Why are we so worried? He's done so much. Student debt relief, holding NATO together, infrastructure bill. But he fell off his bike once. Now the TV turns on by itself and shows the bike there. According to this article, he's not actually going to run in 2024. He's just saying he is to present a united front before the midterms. Oh, what a relief. Yeah, I mean, I love the guy, but... He did his part. But if Biden's not going to run, who will? Just when you thought the terror was over. I, I don't know. I don't know. Kamala? Oh, wake up! You realize it's just beginning. Oh, there's got to be someone. Cory Booker! He's corny! Mayor Pete! Listen to yourself! From the producers of Smile and the Twisted Minds of Morning Joe. Better O'Rourke mail piece just lit under the door. Guys? Birdie is now dripping from the wall in blood. Not again. I have the perfect candidate. <laughs> Babe? A superstar who can go all the way. Henry! Sometimes your best option. I'm with her. Biden, maybe? Are we back to Biden? I like Biden. Biden. So Biden? Biden's great. Right? He's Biden. 2020.2.2024. That was Saturday Night Live for Halloween weekend. Y'all, the Democrats have a problem on their hand. They have an 80-year-old who falls off bikes who makes stuff up, who gets confused on his exit strategy from a stage with two departure points. And he may be their best option because you notice the Biden administration has sent Kamala Harris to Manhattan to campaign because Kamala Harris has serious issues relating to voters. 
so she can't be the vice presidential nominee. She can't be the vice presidential or the presidential nominee. She can't. She's terrible. And Pete Buttigieg wants it so badly, he's like Gollum with the ring. He's out to bite off Kamala's finger to get it back for himself. You've got Bernie, you've got Elizabeth Warren, you've got Hillary Clinton, all of whom are out to pasture. Who do you do? Gavin Newsom, really, in California? There's the Democrats' problem. This is why in 2022, when the Republicans take things back, if they don't screw it up, this is the GOP we're talking about, let's be honest. If they don't screw it up, in two years, I have this theory. I've said it before. I'll say it again. No disrespect to any of my friends, one of whom is a future presidential candidate who got mad at me the other day and sent me an email about it. They will go nameless. But this kind of does remind me of 1998. George W. Bush and all the Republicans want to beat Al Gore. They know he's going to run. And... George Bush takes a state that you forget in 1994, Texas was a big blue state, and it flipped with George Bush. And four years later, the Democrats had told themselves, just like they're telling themselves about Florida right now, that oh, it's just this was just a temporary one-off thing. They were mad with Clinton. They'll come back. And Bush locked it in, and it's been a red state ever since. And so from 98 to 2000, all these Republican base activists and all these Republican donors said, why don't we go with the guy who just took all of those Electoral College votes off the table? And everyone over the next two years gravitated towards him. And what happened to the Democrats? They split. And then you had Ben Bradley versus Al Gore. Al Gore was able to hold the donors. Kamala Harris can't hold the donors. The donors don't even like Kamala Harris. I mean, the fundamental problem for Kamala Harris is, well, this sort of stuff. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Talking about the significance of the passage of time. Right? The significance of the passage of time. So when you think about it, there is great significance to the passage of time in terms of what we need to do to lay these wires, what we need to do to create these jobs. And there is such great significance to the passage of time. That was Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. We didn't edit that. That's what she actually said. That's what she actually said. I do have to say because Charlie's in the room with me. This was the greatest moment of genius in all the years we've worked together. Just one more here. And now, Deep Thoughts by Kamala Harris. Y'all cackles can't get the Democratic nomination. She's just not going to get it. I mean, if Hillary Clinton was, yes, we cackle, I mean, Kamala Harris is, yes, we cackle. And nobody wants to listen to cackling for four years in the White House, let alone on the campaign trail. She's not going to be the problem. Or she's not going to be it. And if you get Gavin Newsom, he's going to be too far left out in California. No one wants the rest of the nation to become like California, despite what he thinks. I think the country moves towards the right. And... 
I know the Democrats and the media are going to blame the Republicans for everything that goes wrong from here on out for the next two years, but nobody listens to them anymore. If people listened to the media these days, the GOP would not be on the verge of a big red wave sweeping across the country. They don't matter anymore, and what helps the right is that they don't realize yet they don't matter. One of the groups that's helping them not matter these days is Americans for Prosperity. They're actually growing a grassroots army around the country. They actually take conservative activists, bring them in, and teach them how to be even more effective at what they do. So, for example, if you go to your local school board and you talk to your school board about school freedom, school choice, uh, academics, well, AFP gives you all the data you need to know and teaches you how to make it a very effective one- or two-minute presentation because... That's all you get when you go to the school board. They teach you how to reach out to your state government and your state legislatures to be able to advance the free market, free people's agenda that AFP has always supported. They haven't gone wobbly in the last number of years where every conservative group seems to have found the niche. They've always been about free markets and free people. I decided to sign on with them as part of their advisory panel and to become a fellow of the organization because I've always liked their organization. Because unlike most think tanks in D.C., they've always, as a founding mission, been part of the grassroots, helping the grassroots, funding the grassroots movement of conservatives, teaching the grassroots to be better activists, but also, more importantly, producing intellectual firepower for you and me as conservatives to take to state legislatures. There's probably a local chapter near you. I'm here in Florida. I know they've got a great AFP in Florida. They've got a great one in Georgia. They've got so many others. Americansforprosperity.org slash Eric is where you go. Americansforprosperity.org. That's the website. Go to americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Give me the credit for going to their website, but also really do check them out. If you believe in free markets and free people, they're the group for you. Don't forget to sign up for the email because I've got all the late breaking early voting numbers coming out of the email. All you got to do is text data to 33777. As a listener, you get 15% off. There's some breaking news coming out from NBC News. Uh, when police showed up at Paul Pelosi's home, they didn't realize it was the Pelosi home. Paul Pelosi opened the door and then went back to the nut job, who turns out is an illegal alien from Canada. I've been warning people for years of the serious national security threat of Canadians. I mean, who eats poutine? I, I mean, you should, you should be alarmed that we're letting these people into the country, eh? Uh, and yet this guy was apparently uh, high as a kite, in his underwear, and well, attacked Paul Pelosi. I, I mean, honestly, not not. Uh, here's my frustration with conservatives on this: is, is so many people embrace the conspiracy theories just because they wanted to get a rise out of the left, um, get a rise out of the left by pointing out that San Francisco is a failed state of of government, that Nancy Pelosi enabled illegal immigration in the Country, and that Democrats, had they taken this stuff seriously, something like this would not have happened. There's no reason to spread the conspiracy theories. Just actually focus on the truth, and the truth itself is bad. And the truth is this guy is not some right-wing nut job. He's just a nut. And the fact that the media has spent all this time on this, and until I told you at the beginning of this program about the candidate in North Carolina whose parents' home got shot up after his home was featured in an ad, uh, you probably wouldn't have known about that story. There is a great double standard in this country. 877-973-7425. When we come back, I'm going to take some questions from the crowd here as well. I am live at WDBO in Orlando, Florida today. This evening, I'll go hang out with my Uncle Leif. Yes, Leif Erickson in Winter Park, Florida. 
and I take him to dinner. It was going to be a surprise, but a certain listener who I suspect is listening right now made sure he knew I was going to call and surprise him. And so when he, I answered the phone, he says, E.W., you coming to take me out to dinner? Yes. Yes, I am. Because someone spoiled this. I can't share anything with you people anymore. But that's okay. By the way, I'm getting my daughter Taylor Swift concert tickets for Christmas. Don't tell her. She's not on Twitter. Um, we actually block Twitter on our house and Snapchat and TikTok. I don't want my children on these hell sites. I myself get on these. Except I don't do Snapchat and TikTok because I'm a 40-something married man. No 40-something married man of the right mind should be on Snapchat or TikTok. People raise questions. I wonder if Gavin Newsom is on them. When we come back... I want to go through the early voting numbers here because the early voting numbers, particularly in Florida, I've got a Florida audience, but y'all are going to want to hear this. Republicans are on the verge of something Florida has never seen before. It's really impressive, and it's playing out around the country at the same rate, at the same time, in the same way, and Democrats are starting to have a very, very bad sense of doom coming.